0: rock vegas everybody uh the draft is over well it's not over yet but the raiders ended a long time ago they ended like at the beginning of the day (laughs) uh didn't have any picks past the fourth round so they're they're done they've been done for a while i waited i hold held off on recording just in case they traded like gabe jackson later uh got a late round pick or something I, i waited But uh, as soon as I saw the tweets that Mike Mayock was on a conference call, uh, (laughs) kind of a press conference type thing, I was like, all right, we're done. So, kind of went out with a bang, I will say. Uh, The two fourth round picks, I'm I'm a fan. And I I will say, and I'm going to start with the first guy here uh, the Raiders traded up, I I believe, with the Lions at the beginning of the day. They traded up, and uh, they, I mean, they gave up their fifth round for him. It was. Something I at the time when I just saw that like trade and they were on the clock, I'm like, oh no, like trading up. We we hardly have any picks. I was trying to get some more picks today. Trade one of those fourth and, and move back in my head, and then I said, okay, well, who's it for? I, I got a little nervous thinking it was it was a quarterback, um, even though it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But with only two picks left, I I kind of wanted to try to steal another starter like we did in the fourth round last year um, a couple times, and so I got nervous, and then I the pick came in and it said John Simpson. And I did, I mean, I did the Snoop Dogg, the who? I, I, I did, I did that. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it. I didn't do a lot of O-line scouting this year, especially interior O-line. Um, and when I say scouting, I use that term loosely. Scouting to me is uh, hitting my wax pen while I stare at YouTube, non-all-22 film. So uh, that's what I mean when I say scouting. But uh, O-line is tough to scout anyways. It's tough to project. Like it's not something that like the average, the, like, obsessed but average knowledge fan like myself can really look at and and project because there's so many guys like like Chance Warmack and guys like that where we just thought oh slam dunk they that's a safe pick in the first round we always think all alignment are good in the first round uh and they bust all the time so um when we took it I was like man really and uh the more and more I, I thought about it it made sense and and there again I I say, take the the grades of the draft picks from the media. I I say take them with a grain of salt because all they're doing is looking at their big board and and grading it kind of objectively. But it seemed like everybody liked John Simpson. I didn't really see someone go, oh, God, classic Raiders reach. I didn't see that. So um, it seemed like the trade-up was warranted, at least for the value of the player, which that's cool because even though you might... like, Okay, say we reached like how we reached last year for Farrell. That was a reach. You can't argue that it was a reach. Now, I see the people's logic that say, hey, if he's great, then it wasn't a reach. I'm like, no, it, it still was. It just didn't matter. You know what I mean? It's still a reach when you could have got him later. So it didn't seem like that's what happened with John Simpson. Um, he definitely fits what the Raiders do. They run they run power, and and they like big guys. That massive offensive line. He's huge. I think he's at 330. He, he, he's got heavy hands. Um, I believe there were a couple scouts or you know twitter people that were saying he's got like meat hooks for hands like just heavy hands and and does damage um they're saying maybe his footwork might be a could might be a little slow but i do think he's in the right system for a guy with slow footwork we like power power and, and hand and uh you know good hands and uh, i think he's I, I would say he's learning under the right people but uh let's make sure incognito doesn't pull a uh a jonathan martin that's all i'm saying <laughs> Um, but no, I'm kidding a little, a little bit. Uh, if incognito is as good as everybody's saying he's been, I think he's going to learn from, uh, maybe two really good guards, uh, in Gabe Jackson, but we'll see what happens with Gabe and incognito, but, uh, that's good. Um, the John Simpson pick, I always like getting better on the offensive line. I'll come back to what that means later for the 2020 death chart and maybe beyond that. But, uh, the next pick, was uh, Meek Robertson and we, we stayed back. I think it was at what was at 140. I want to say um, we stayed back and I, I kind of wanted to trade back. I saw Robertson was still on the board, but I was like, man, we got to get another pick. I, I I was just in gather pick mode today, you know. I and but we're a seven and nine team, right? We were a seven and nine team last year, and I don't think we outperformed our talent. I think that was about what we were. Could have could have been nine and seven. That's kind of the bubble you're in when you're seven and nine. There's usually a few things that could happen that make you nine and seven. So. I was like, you know what? Let's just get some good players. But I didn't think they were going to take Robertson. I literally tweeted uh, <laughs> earlier. I literally put on Twitter, as we were getting closer and closer to that pick, and it was our last pick, and we were kind of all anticipating maybe a trade, maybe picking up another pick by trading Gabe or P.J. Hall, which I'm sorry, P.J. Hall's not going to get you jack shit. <laughs> Anybody who thought that, that's just, bless your heart, but nobody's trading for P.J. Hall. That's the, We're the only one who spent good draft capital on him. That's not going to happen twice. Um so it was. Oh yeah, Mister Sir, Ra- Mister Underscore Sir Underscore Raider. Shout out K One Hayes. Uh, I literally put on Twitter. I was like, I don't think we're gonna draft Robertson, man. It just, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, shit, he's gonna, it's not gonna work out, size wise. I think they're gonna want a bigger slot corner. Um, but then they draft him. They draft a Meek Robertson. Uh, if you've been listening, if you're one of the four people that's been listening uh, uh, for a while, and especially first couple episodes, I did a huge thing on uh, ten guys I love for the draft. Just ten guys that I wanted. didn't Didn't care, you know. I tried to keep it day two and beyond. Um, even though there were a couple guys that ended up going first round in there, but I really wanted Amik Robertson and Brian Edwards. We got two of them. We never draft my guys. <laughs> we never do and i'm I'm wrong i mean it's not like i'm saying oh man you gotta draft my guys because i'm right that's not you know that's not entirely true so i but um meek robertson oh actually the last time we drafted my guy was i believe amari cooper i, I think that's what it was I, maybe there were some late round picks of guys that i really wanted I feel like there might have been one last year. I, I wanted Foster Moreau last year, but it wasn't like, oh man, pounding the table. I just I, I wanted him. I, I mean we needed another tight end. And we didn't know about Waller yet. So that that was maybe my guy, but Cooper was like the one where I was like since day one since day one of like the pre draft process, I'm like, we gotta get Cooper, get a number one receiver. At the time I thought we had some amazing quarterback on our hands. I'll get to him later. So Amik Robertson, Louisiana Tech, five foot eight, one eighty eight. I think that's what he's listed at one eighty eight, and uh, but he, it, it's it's our Patrick Beverly, right? I I did say that. It's our Patrick Beverly. I said that last night on the podcast. I I didn't have a pro comp for him. Uh, I guess if I had a, a, an NFL pro comp, it still wouldn't even be on the defensive side of the ball. It would be like Steve Smith of wide receivers. Um, just because. Steve Smith is like almost the same build as him and well, Steve Smith was a little thicker than that, but, um, kind of the same thing where he's like, if Steve Smith was tall, I don't know if Steve Smith has, has the career he has. Right. I think if Steve Smith being short allowed him to play, you know, the way he plays, I don't think he'd be as like in your face. Right. And Steve Smith is like that Draymond green type attitude where if he's not pissed off and doing committing technicals, he's probably not playing well. So Amik robertson's in is is super interesting super exciting to me too because a slot corner is like just as important as your boundary corners it's almost becoming almost more important because they're starting to put bigger faster stronger guys in the slot and yeah i get it we drafted a short guy so maybe if people didn't know about Amik robertson they'd go what the fuck we drafted a 5-8 corner for like you know what i'm saying but he's fast he has a nose for the ball he can He can put you in a coffin when he puts that shoulder into you. It's it's crazy. Uh, Watch his tape against Colin Johnson. Uh, I don't think Colin Johnson is that good. I don't think he uses his 6'5 frame the way he should have used it, but there's no way a 5'8 corner should have been dogging him the way Meek Robertson was if if it wasn't for that corner being good. So he's explosive. Um, I'll talk a little bit later about what it means for the overall secondary, but it was a great pick. I think if you're going to not gather more picks, get your – i think they got best player available twice I, actually matt miller did say that at a bleacher report and matt miller's very liberal with his grading he gives us great like he gave us an a plus for henry ruggs and it's like i don't even think most fans that are happy like most fans are happy with ruggs i don't know if they even give that pick an a plus man <laughs> like that's crazy so he he gave that pick an a and uh his co-host gave him a a plus uh connor connor rogers sorry gave him a gave us an a plus for it and i i most of the league is saying that PFF had him as like the best single coverage grade guy. Like him and our net are close to the like top in single coverage and say what you will Raider fans about PFF. They're becoming more and more embraced by the NFL. So if that's how people are drafting, then PFF is winning whether you think they are or not. So, uh, Meek Robertson. He could start nickel corner. I, not that I think he's experienced. I think there'd be some growing pains. There's going to be penalties. um, I'll talk about that later when you combine everybody together. I, there's going to be some penalties. There's going to be some after the play, unsportsmanlike conduct, or 26, defense. There's going to be that. I mean, and fuck, I hope that's not in crucial moments. Um, and it's not going to be just Robertson, trust me, that's doing that on this defense. We, we want attitude on defense. We have to take what comes with it. But uh, I would rather have junkyard dogs in my secondary that fuck up every once in a while and play too hard every once in a while. And uh, that's up to our coaching too our coach is going to have to rein that in. Um I I hope our DB coach is able to. Um I I don't know much about him personally, but uh I know he's kind of he had to have said something about Arnett cuz he was Arnett's coach in 2018 there at uh, Ohio State. So he ha- he has to be getting like I guess what he thinks are his guys, so uh it's up to him and and Paul Gunther and guys like that to make sure that defense is disciplined, but I love that this guy is our best slot corner right now. I'll, I'll go out and say it. I know you can't project that well. i There's a decent chance that I'm wrong, too. But over Joyner and Nixon, I, I think right now Robertson's better, just on ability alone. Um, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, hopefully this means Joyner goes back to free safety, even though the Raiders are standing their ground on that. Um, I would have liked to have had more picks, um, I especially, man, the sixth, seventh round I'm seeing guys that like – I would see like third round mocks to the Raiders, man. Like, I, I like Eno Benjamin, guys like that. Maybe not third round, but like fourth, fifth round guys like that. Man, I, I wish I really wish we had more picks. But overall, I think the draft went well. It didn't start well for me. I, I really thought we got off to a a poor start. Now I said it last night. The Rugs pick gets gets validated by the other picks. I think uh, getting Brian Edwards. I think Brian Edwards has can be a number one receiver and maybe rugs ends up getting an insane amount of targets, but I do think he's going to be used like a Deshaun Jackson where he ends up kind of being the the deep threat. He might get four or five like targets a day, thrown targets. Hopefully he gets more touches than that. All right. Like handoffs and stuff. But I think Brian Edwards could be the number one receiver for this team. Maybe not 2020, maybe 2021, but um, him paired with rugs is awesome. I, I love it even more than I did last night after a few IPAs. <laughs> so love it even more now. Um, so I do think we have a potential to have a really nice receiving core now. Um, we got better. You can't say we got worse. So that's always good. When a seven and nine team that was, uh, you know, I, I won't, I won't say fringe playoff, but there was a time where the Raiders were over 500 in the second half of the season. So that's fringe to me, I guess, as far as talent, uh, I, you know, I there was definitely some. I would like to have had more picks to add more depth, you know, get some more special teams guys, but it is what it is. I, I don't. We don't get Robertson if that's the case, and and Robertson is probably my favorite pick in the draft. But I do like him and Brian Edwards, probably one A, one B. But um, I thought it, I thought it was good. I the Muse and the Arnett pick is my problem. Uh, Arnett more than anything, and I and look. I'll say this right now. The arguments I get in on Twitter, I think we're arguing two different things. I say that Arnett was a reach, and then everyone tells me how much he fits the scheme. Okay. I think you're right. I won't argue with that at all. I, I, I Ted Wynn had been talking about that since before the draft. I don't see how that's even a debate now. I, I trust Ted Wynn. When I when I see the All-22 camera angle and I see his avi right there, I he could... He could tell me that, yeah, teams need to line up backwards and turn their backs and run and backpedal in their routes and stuff, and I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, cool, Ted, yeah, that's that's our scheme now. I would listen, but uh, shout out Ted, man. Ted Ted was like one of the one of the best Twitter follows. I, I love I love the way he uh, he breaks he just breaks down he breaks down tape really well. He was like one of the first like guys who actually had all twenty two footage and would actually like kind of give the audio to it and stuff. Always like that. So he he even said him and Eric Crocker, I remember were saying that Arnett is it fits the Raiders and he fits the Niners. So I'm I won't argue that with you. I still think it was a reach. I still I don't think the Niners were gonna take him at all. Maybe. I I I don't know. I, I just don't think so. I think the Niners were gonna get their wide receiver, in my opinion. I think that's what they were gonna do. I think Ayuk was their guy um iuk or like a hamler depending on they were going to get a speed wide out i think i don't i don't i didn't see another team get in front of them and then today i think we feel it right it's fine you're right if arnett ends up being good i'm not going to care that we picked him at 19 i'm not going to care about him just that isolated player but today when you have you could have moved back like two spots and just been like give me a sixth rounder fifth rounder even if you got hosed on the trade value we would have had another pick today and still got arnett and that could have been another guy we added. Wouldn't have had to, like, shuffle around in the fourth round, maybe. You never know. So, I just... In the first round, it's weird. Like, Mayock... My, my criticism of it... Because Arnett... I think we all know that, like... Arnett seems like the, the Mayock pick. It's like they split it. You know, they split the first round. Gruden's like, let me get 12. You do whatever the fuck you want at 19. Okay. So, I think Arnett... <sighs> I think, I'm sorry. I think Mayock, what he needs to do is like, just get the, you know, get the uh, butterflies out. Like in the first round, it's like, he gets butterflies. It's like, he's, this is my guy. I have to take him. I have to take him. And then like in the third round, he's just like, dude, I'm chilling. I'm just, I'm just, I'm a buzzsaw through this draft. I'm just, I want this guy. Give me this guy. Give me this guy. Give me this guy. And he just runs through it. It's like, is he, is he nervous in the first round? Does he, does he need to warm up? Like I said, is he, is he like Steph Curry where he's going to, you know, rattle out three, his first, like, five three-pointers and be, like, one for eight at the half, but he makes that one right before the half, comes out third quarter and just drops, like, 26 in the quarter. Like, is that – maybe that's what Mayhawk does. Maybe we'll just start – we'll be that team that trades out of the first round, like like the Patriots do all the time. Maybe that's what happens, like, when when we're, like, a good – well-oiled machine or something like that maybe that's what ends up happening it's it's really weird the way the way Mayock does the first round as opposed to the way he does the rest of the draft the rest of the draft he's just like best player available it seems like and he and he's good at maneuvering in and out of the rounds he's he's actually really good at like trading back and still getting the guy that he wanted and I mean that's what he says it happens but it, it seems like he genuinely wants these guys it doesn't seem like they're panicking. But in the first round, they're like, nobody would trade with us. We had to take Arnett. We had to do this. It's like, oh, that's fine. If Arnett ends up being the pick, I just want some more picks in return. So when you see the Khalil Mack pick, when you see the Khalil Mack trade, and I don't want to remind anybody of it because we're already sick of it. Khalil Mack was my favorite player I ever saw wear a Raider uniform. Still miss him on the team. Like uh, I understand that trading him for multiple players is good, but when you, when you isolate what we got for him, it's Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs might be the best running back in the league, but again, it's a running back right now. It's a, a, a it's a position, and it's not anything Jacobs is doing. It's not his fault at all. I'm glad we have him, and he does create a lot of his own yardage, which is really nice. So I do think he's more valuable than other running backs, but he's a running back. So we have him, Brian Edwards, and Arnett. If Brian Edwards and Arnett are good, we crush the Mac trade. Crush it. There's no chance if they're not good. If they're even just like league average, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure we win. Now the bears did us a favor. They drafted Cole Komet with the Khalil Mack pick. And it's like, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I watched Cole Komet. We turn out tight ends like nothing at Notre Dame. Kyle Rudolph, uh, John Carlson, uh, Tyler, Tyler Eifert. Yeah. And, uh, a couple other guys too that I'm blanking on, but we, we, we churn out tight ends there. Cole Komet, nothing special, so I think the Bears kind of screwed up, and they already have like six tight ends. They're, they're in like, I, I'm guessing they did it to like trigger Gruden. It's like, look, man, here's a tight end you can't have, pal. Is that is that what happened? Because they definitely aren't holding up their end of the deal. And if they don't win with Khalil Mack, it probably wasn't worth it if you look at the results only thing. But. You can't say that if Arnett and them don't work out, if, if say, Edward, Edwards, I think, has a really low, or a really high floor, so I do see him at least being, like, a really good, like, two or three receiver in the league, but it's say, he's not healthy, or, you know what I mean, and he's hurt all the time, we might get washed in this trade. It's nowhere near over yet, so it's still weird that people are, like, trying to say we won or lost. We got two rookies and a second-year player out of it, so... um, I'm just saying, you could have turned that that pick into a like maybe another pick, right? If you trade back and got Arnett, that was my point. So then you could add another player to that that mix, turn Khalil Mack into into four players, right? So it would technically be two players into four players. Giving up that second was still unspeakable to me, unspeakable. I was one. That was the worst part of that trade, even more than losing my favorite player. <laughs> it was the giving up the second? That was brutal. Here, this guy is take this, take this scrub off our hands. We'll even give you a second to do it. Oh yeah. It's Cleo Mac. Yeah. This, that scrub. That's what I'm talking about. Jeez. Yeah. How tough sell, right? Fuck tough sell for the bears. Twist my arm. I remember, uh, man. Uh, yeah. Anyways, let's get away. Let's get away from that. Um, that's the thing though. Uh, and, and even getting back to mayoc where Mayock saying, I had to take this guy in the first round. I had to have him, had to have him. Nobody would trade with me. Actually, he said he denied trades for Arnett. It kind of reminds me of Re- Reggie's first draft where he was like, I'm getting DJ Hayden one way or another. I think Arnett's better than DJ Hayden. I think he fits the scheme better. I think we have a better scheme than what we had. I think we, I don't remember if we had like Jason Tarver still there. Or, I'm trying to think of who the DC was during that uh, Dennis Allen. Who was it? wasn't wasn't Norton Jr. yet he came in for Del Rio. I I'm blanking on that. But uh whoever that was at the time. I don't even know what the hell that scheme was. It wasn't Jason Tarver though. I, it was somebody after that. But we take DJ Hayden and I remember like I remember like there was talks like saying hey DJ Hayden's going to go a little higher than you think in the draft. And like the only highlight would be him like almost dying at houston and it was like his own defensive guy or i don't know if it was a wide receiver running into like on a non-contact practice or some shit they were like got headbutt in the chest and they're like yeah you know if uh, dj hayden's heart holds up he should be good and it's like that's yeah that's exactly what i want out of my 12th overall pick is if his heart holds up yeah we that would happen with mo Hurst, but at least mo Hurst was a fifth rounder you could piss that away and not hate your life you know um but damn man it just seems like one of these things where it's like Arnett has to work. He's a scheme fit. Just because a guy's a scheme fit does not mean he's good either. That's the thing, all right? Like Cleveland Farrell is a scheme fit. I don't think he's particularly good. I think he can maybe be average. I think his flo- floor is lower, which is nice. Um, I guess that's it's kind of why we draft all those Clemson guys, right? Maybe they think the floor is like if they, their failure is like still kind of a success for the team. Maybe that's kind of their thing because they, they know they come from a winning program and – you know it's not a bad program to just latch onto and draft everybody from uh who knows maybe we trade the farm for Lawrence next year if uh, number 4 doesn't get his shit together who knows just saying throwing that out there but with clemson uh with clemson's funny man it's a lot of clemson fans i think like are becoming like kind of not raider fans but they're kind of like they they get to watch like six of their guys play on sunday on the same channel so that's and whoever's on the other team from clemson too right so I think a lot of them like follow the Raiders. I saw one guy commit an atrocity. It's on my Twitter. I, I posted it. Some Clemson fan, and maybe it was a Raider fan, just playing a sick joke, a sick joke. They made like a, a purple and orange, uh, like Raider shield logo. And I was, it made me sick. I had to like put on my little digital eye strain glasses when I looked at it. It was rough. It's like, man, I think like Clemson guys are happy to be Raiders simply for the fact that they're like, dude, I, get, I finally get a good uniform. Holy shit. They're just, like they're they're happy to be here. They're like, please don't put me back in that purple and orange bullshit. That white one is okay, but the white jerseys, everybody with all whites and like uh, you know one little color stripe, like a like an orange stripe, that's easy. Like Cleveland Browns do that, and that's a fine uniform. They're like solid colored, like colorful uniforms are horrendous, man. So um, you're welcome, Clemson, uh, Clemson Tiger fans. You get to watch your team play in like a nice uniform. Watch your guys that you like uh, like to see play in nice colored uniforms. So. Best uniforms in the league, if I say so myself. Um, so again, we should have traded back in round one. That was my big thing. Tanner Muse, I can't. I think it was a reach. I think. I think he was valued later, like in the 150s. We took him when we took him. Whatever. The Clemson Mayock started seeing orange again. Mayock saw orange and turned into whatever the fuck gets angry by seeing orange or turned on by seeing orange, and he's like, click, 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 smash the Tanner Muse button, smash it. And then his name's fucking Tanner. That knocks you down around for me. Like, damn. Tanner? Like again, he should that's a that's a Mormon name, Tanner Muse. I don't think he's Mormon. I think he's one of those like guy that only wears sleeveless shirts and like fucking walks around with a big tub of like protein powder all day. He seems like one of those type of guys. Like he's like, "Oh, man, like I can't wear sandals." He he seems like one of those type of guys. But yeah, it's it, but it, his name is like ride my bikes and knock on people's doors with my little helmet and shirt and tie mormon so uh definitely not feeling that but um if he's gonna cover tight ends that's fine so that one i don't really know about that one didn't piss me off as much i just kind of rolled my eyes a little bit when they picked him but he's athletic so if he's gonna he seemed like a reach that's the only reason i'm not super excited about the pick. if we got him day three i'd be like cool perfect but Thought there was definitely, I think, some better picks to be made in the third round there. I'm not looking at the draft, but I, this draft was loaded, um, at least on paper. So Muse does seem like a reach, but if he's going to cover tight ends, um, kind of shadow Kelsey and, and pick them up in, in coverage, I, I think that's well worth it. So that's fine. And he said he's a special teams war daddy. I don't even, what the hell is that, by the way? I, that didn't get enough attention special teams war daddy it sounds like some bondage shit what the fuck so uh tanner muse i'm pulling for you but i i will make fun of nobody harder than if you suck if tanner muse sucks there's nobody i'm gonna make fun of more i'm just saying it's just it, it comes with the look trust me look at my picture i happens to me too it comes with the look comes with the territory but uh yeah i'm on your head so Muse. Sure. That's fine. But I love, I, I mean, look, the rugs pick, I I can, I can be talked into. I already have been talked into. Uh, Edwards was, was a smash hit to me. Love Lynn, Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden's going to be awesome. Um, I I really think he's going to be good. I don't think he's Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller came into my head for a second. I got that evil thought out of here. I don't think he's Braxton Miller. I think he's way more polished as a wide receiver. So I, I definitely think we're looking at more of like a Randall Antoine Randall L who was ahead of his time. If Antoine Randall L is, quarterback now he's like he he might you know he might have the career Lamar Jackson had maybe not but you know doesn't have the arm Lamar Jackson had but you could run like an offense with him and stuff at the helm I think so I don't know if you could do that with Lynn Bowden but he could be emergency quarterback I'll tell you I I mean I'll put him out there before I see Nate Peterman (laughs) so uh yeah Lynn Bowden you know you don't even have to carry three quarterbacks even though Gruden will he's obsessed with it you don't have to waste your 50, what is it, 56-man roster now or something. But you don't have to waste a spot on a third quarterback. Gruden will, and it'll be Peterman, I'm sure, or Kaiser, whoever wins that battle amongst the 10 quarterbacks we'll have in camp. But I um, ah, lost my train of thought for a second. But, uh, yeah, none- nonetheless, uh, I think I just I got mad that we didn't have day three picks. You know? Oh, I know where I was. I'm sorry. Lynn Bowden. Uh, Lynn Bowden was great. Edwards was great. Uh, Muse was, uh, was a bit of a reach. Hit. I thought we hit home runs on the fourth round. And if that's how you're going to end, that's how you're going to end. Okay? Uh, the only thing is, is just you got to be smart with your day three picks. And obviously, I don't mean today, right? I think we were smart with our two day three picks. We should have had way more. That's my problem. Uh, Trevor Davis is one of our picks, Right? Look at the guys in the draft that were drafted in the sixth round. Um, not all of them, of course, but there were still some, like, decent players in the sixth round, especially at, like, skill positions. And then tell me, would you rather have had a mm, th- three-quarters of a season of Trevor Davis or that? That was the dumbest trade. Like, seriously, that was that was so dumb. At the time, I was like, ah, whatever, they're going to hand him the ball. He had that, that wide receiver reverse touchdown, and he had a nice punt return, too. Uh, I think against Indy, and I was like, "Oh, all right, like if that's what he's gonna do." Gruden knows something I don't, but then he almost fucking lost the Bears game, and we traded a draft pick to replace Dwayne Harris. That's that's what we did. So to me, it's 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 just not a good use of day three picks. Calais Campbell was traded for a day three pick. If you're gonna do that, like go big, man. So. I don't want to see them doing this anymore. Guess what? We don't have a fifth-round pick next year because it's Zay Jones. I don't know if Zay Jones makes the football team this year. Gruden might be seeing, you know, Gruden might be having a stopwatch around his neck, Al Davis style, and just timing 40s all day and being like, look, Aguilar's, Aguilar's staying, uh, Gafford's staying. Um, when We're doing Aguilar, Gafford, Ruggs, Edwards, and uh, Williams and I don't know the Bowden maybe if he ends up being a wide receiver sounds like he's a running back and he might tell uh Zay Jones to get lost and then we don't have a fifth round pick next year and I don't know it just you don't think about it at the time you want to win I don't know how many wins that got us the Trevor Davis pick you know what I mean look I know it's a sixth round pick I thought we could add at least a special teams player in this draft and have him for a couple years. Um, again, I won't cry about it, I thought it was a good draft. I give it a, I give it a solid B, um, solid B and it could easily be an A if Arnett is what everyone's saying he is and arguing with the PFF people about, uh, so what does this mean for the team? Uh, the depth, the, the depth chart is a lot better now. Um, wide receiver looks great. Uh, secondary is night and day different. Uh, you know, I, I, don't consider secondary strength yet. I think people are getting a little too excited about some of these picks. I, I still think it is kind of a weakness on this team, but, uh, there's definitely a lot more athleticism getting Abram back is like having another first round pick this year. So that was nice. Um, that'll be nice to have him. I think, God damn that secondary, there's going to be some personal fouls. You got Abram, Arnett, anyone see Arnett decleating Mike Mayock's son? That was nuts. And then Mayock's like, yep, I want him. Does Mike Mayock hate his son? No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> he's like, yeah, that's my guy. All right, cool. Thanks for hitting that little fucking snarky bastard. <laughs> but uh, you, there's going to be some after the, uh, you know, after the whistle nonsense happening on this team, which, hey, that's the Raider way, right? That's, that's how we, that's how we do things. Um, I don't consider the secondary strength yet. I still don't, by our free safety position i think we have names and people like names people have heard of but i don't i think we're going to be like cursing them halfway through the year um so i'm a little concerned about that Uh, i like the linebacking core a lot um would have liked to have picked up a day three linebacker like i would have loved to have gotten troy die right you know what i mean like found a way to get like troy die that's why we keep these picks man like just somebody to develop depth is good depth is really good and, uh, speaking of depth, what do you think happens with Gabe Jackson? So I, I wanted to trade him for a day three pick. If they could have got a fifth rounder for him, I pulled the trigger instantly, but now just keep him. We're not paying it. We're not going to pay anybody else. I don't, I don't think, unless they're going to try to sign clowny or something. I don't know. Like, I know they want another edge rusher. They wouldn't be asking about Yannick. So maybe there's somebody on the market that, that they want to throw some money at, and clearing Gabe out allows that to happen. But why not keep him? Um, You you draft Simpson, but why start him? You got a guy that can – he says he prefers to play left guard anyways, which I, that's where incognito is. So that, that's a bit interesting. He did say that. That's something to keep – he said he would play right guard. But, you know, in his mind, he, I guess it sounds like he wants to stay on the left side. So I don't – I'm sure he's going to end up being kind of like a swing guard because – Incognito's thirty-seven, and uh, Gabe is injured a lot, and uh, not—he's regressing. You know, I love Gabe Jackson. That was a great pick back back then, and that, that O line was so fun to watch with him, Assembly Hudson, Penn, uh, even Austin Howard was getting busy from time to time. So the the reason uh, the reason I, I want to keep that is because it's like, man, when you have depth on the offensive line, that is a luxury. You see all these te- – there's so many teams that cannot even get, like, three positions filled on the offensive line adequately. Look like what the Jets had to do in free agency. They had to buy an entire O-line and draft a Becton, and you still don't really know if it's if it's enough. So I keep him. Just have depth on the O-line. We're so used to, as, like, Raider fans, where we're like, we drafted a guy, now he has to start. It's like, yeah, if he earns it. Now, like, now we have actual starters at positions in theory and enjoy that. That's what good teams do. They draft guys and they don't necessarily hand them the keys right away. When you do that, when you're starting all your draft picks every year, that's cuz you're bad. Worked out decent for us last year, but we didn't start those draft picks cuz they beat people out in camp like starting level NFL talent. That's not why we started those guys. We had to. So don't start John Simpson on opening, you know, opening night, whenever the hell that is, opening day, opening night. Don't you don't have to do that. So, start Gabe Jackson. Hey, look, Gabe Jackson gets hurt a lot. Guess what? Guess who we have if Gabe Jackson gets hurt? John Simpson. Guess what happens if Richie Incognito rips off a face, rips off someone's helmet, like throws it in the stands and hits a kid or something? We have John Simpson, right? <laughs> Let's keep our depth. Um, I I do like our speed in the in the in the wide receiver core. Uh, I D line was something that was another reason I wanted some day three picks. I would have loved to have bet on some freakish athletes like some Max. We're gonna use this a lot because we found Max Crosby in the fourth round. But let's not just say like, let's find Max Crosby. Looks that's a luck that doesn't happen all the time. But betting on athleticism can get that for you every so often. So I would have liked to have accrued some more day three picks so we could have used them on the D line. Gets we have a pretty good, not pretty good, but it's a good enough starting defensive line right now. Especially if you put Nassib in as depth and and uh, and Collins and Hurst and all that. It's 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 okay. It gets the job done. If the coverage holds up, it's gonna be fine. So, I, I would have liked to have had a day three pick, just to just to draft like a crazy freak. Uh, you know, no guarantee, but just a guy that if you strike gold, it's like man, it is like having a Max Crosby. I remember, I remember there was a guy when we had Dennis Allen as our coach, the glory days, as I call him. The uh, it w- they drafted this guy out of Virginia, and I think his name was like Max Vallis. The Raiders during that time were weird with their defensive line picks. They're like, oh, this guy's in England and never played football before? Let's get him. Yeah, Jack Crawford, a uh, British accent. And, oh, you mean to tell me there's an offensive lineman that we can get that with a British accent that was playing soccer two years before this? Let's get him too, Menelik Watson. We already have Hayden. Let's get another slam dunk in Menelik Watson. Though We drafted way too many British people back in the day. If, if I go to camp and I show up and the fucking – offensive lineman has a a british accent i'm like well this what is this the replacements i'm out of here the fuck i'm that was that man sometimes we go down dark paths as raider fans i'm ready for some winning i don't know about you guys but um i think the big thing we can take out of all this and if you're a big fan of the guy you should also this should also be your thinking is okay now it's time to win it's time to win number four it's time to win there's no excuses there weren't as many excuses last year as people like to say there were. I think he had more offensive weapons than, you know, a lot of quarterbacks do, honestly. I mean, that run game is a quarterback's friend. He, he leaned on it a lot. I mean, it's that we had a great run game last year and, and Waller is a great tight end. And, you know, there are quarterbacks that win with good running backs, good tight ends. Right. And, uh, it's put up or shut up time. This is his job to lose. It's obvious that they don't, you know, I've, I've said this ad nauseum. They brought Mariota in for a reason. It's obvious they don't trust him beyond this year. And even then I, who knows, right? There could be something crazy that happens in training camp, but, um, I will say this, I'm going to give my official take my official stance on car, because I feel like you have to do it as a Raider fan. And that's what you're held to as like a Raider fan from other fans. It's like, how do you feel about Carr? Because honestly, like that's the difference between me on Twitter, a follow and an unfollow is like, if I see like heart, heart emojis around like Carr's name, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, there's bodies in this guy's trunk. Ugh, What the fuck? But Okay, let me not talk shit. Here's his good quality. This is what I like about Derek Carr. This is what I like about having Derek Carr in 2020. One, we're in a pandemic and you can't learn a new offense in a pandemic, at least on the field, right? It's not going to happen. We're going to have a shortened off season. I'm pretty sure so Carr knows the offense i don't think he executes it to that high of a degree or at least the degree that it should be executed at but nonetheless he knows the offense it's another it's like having another teacher for for just the x's and the o's uh two gets rid of the ball quick doesn't take hits that doesn't take a lot of hits uh he doesn't turn the ball over a lot right i i i think some of his turnovers are fucking brutal though uh rams game uh 2018 opener the uh one that slipped out of his hand, right to the linebacker. That was funny. Not, but uh, he he does get rid of the ball quick. If his first read is, is open, he makes a good throw. He's an accurate passer. Um, I I think he throws the ball well down the field when he's when he feels like he can, like when he I don't know. I, I I think every time he throws it down the field, it looks fine. He's got a good arm. He's accurate with it. But. <sighs> So, so I, I didn't see a better option over him. So, that's fine. I'm rolling into 2020 with Derek Carr as, as our quarterback. This should in, be, in theory, the best roster he's ever had. Um, when you take into account run game, wide receiver, and... Because, uh, uh, look, Josh Jacobs shits on Latavius Murray. And uh, so, that's what I think sets this over the 2016 lineup he had. Well, they We probably had more polished receivers in 2016, uh, at least the top two. But... I think we have way more depth at wide receiver right now on paper. Um, so it should be the best thing he has. And uh, so the, the things, but my take is that he's a league average quarterback. That's why the way I see Derek Carr is he's a league average quarterback, which is really weird why he's so polarizing like on, on Raiders Twitter. He's so polarizing, but I'm so lukewarm on him. Like I'm not, I'm not excited by him being the team's quarterback, but, I, I mean, I don't think we're, like, in hell. I think some – I see people talking shit about Carr on the internet all the time. I think a lot of times – and maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe they do legitimately think he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. I think it's just fun to troll because the stands are, like – the stands, like, are window lickers, man. And if you don't know what a window licker is, just think about it. And uh, they are insane. Like, it's, it's insane. I'll get to them later. But his bad qualities are – he's, he had the same 40 time as Johnny Manziel and you'd never know. Holy shit. Like Johnny Manziel was fast. There a car ran the same 40 time, but dude, you have to like pull start this guy, like an old school lawnmower, man. Like you have to like pull start the guy before he gets going. It's like, he's running in quicksand for his first three steps. Then he takes off. Um, he doesn't improvise very well. And I don't really like his footwork at all. Anyways, like anytime he, he's always tripping over stuff in the pocket. Like um, you're, you see him kind of like his pocket awareness isn't really that good. He takes he holds on to the he either gets rid of the ball right away or holds on to it way too long. And doesn't really sense the pressure that much and he's had a good o-line more often than he hasn't. So god forbid if he had like what Sam Darnold has has had in the, in the Jets and uh you know what Russell Wilson had in in uh in Seattle. So and the, but my biggest problem with him Oh, another thing I can't stand. I don't know if anybody else notices it, but dude, he like he throws like changeups on out out routes. If anyone ever noticed that, he floats the ball to the outside, and it's so fucking nerve wracking when it's in the air. I mean, again, it's still accurate, but it's like, dude, rip that thing in there. Like he made that great throw against Detroit this year, where he threaded it like over the uh, linebacker's arm and then like underneath the the defender that was over the top. It was beautiful. Tyrell Williams caught it. He makes throws like that. He th- had to throw that game against richard where it was just richard on that wheel route and he just dropped it in the bucket and it was like double coverage but then sometimes he just like when he's in his own head and it's got to be a mental thing he like floats everything to the outside like he doesn't trust it and everything looks like it's going to be a pick six and then it gets batted down or you know what i mean the wide receiver's not timing his you know foot drag right and stuff when between him and cooper not being able to drag his feet that used to be really frustrating um yeah I think he just gives up on plays too fast and a lot of people attribute that to Gruden's offense but I I think that's kind of always been his mo other than 2016 um 2016 he just had a set of brass ones I think he finally felt good and then he hit the reset button after the injury so um he also can't tune the noise out on the field and or off the field excuse me I don't think he he looks like he's in control on the field Right, like he looks like he knows what he's doing. He leads the team. He's pretty good at the end of the game. If he if he doesn't take us out of the game by the fourth quarter and we're still in it, he's usually pretty good. He usually runs a, a good two minute drill. But it's so weird. Like on Twitter, he reminds me. You know who he reminds me of? Because every year he does this. Like not listening to anything this year. I'm all about winning. This is about God, family, football, and football is is. You know, I'm, I don't want to listen to none of the haters and all that stuff. It's like good, you should have never. Let your brothers fight for you on, on Twitter. I mean that that sucks too, but like let them handle it. You know he's like screenshotting shit and sending it to them and having them handle it. There's no way he's not. And I'm sorry, dude, show me a great quarterback that does stuff like that. Baker Mayfield already I, if Baker Mayfield's going to decide if he learned that lesson or not, because he's going to end up doing the same thing, but hypercharged. And I think Baker Mayfield's good too, and could be great. has the tools? But Baker Mayfield, you notice he, he kind of shut up a little more lately. He's kind of just chilling. And I think he realized that. But, like, Carr, man, you got rabbit ears. When I was grew up playing baseball, that used to be the thing. Whenever you could rattle the pitcher from the dugout, talk shit about him, and then he started throwing wild pitches and, you know, couldn't throw a slider right and stuff, you'd call him rabbit ears. You're like, man, I, I know you're listening to me, even though I'm just barely even talking. And it's like, man, he, it's like he hears everything. It's like fucking Trump, man. Like, you know, damn, don't make Carr president, Jesus. But, um, but really my number one thing is I'm starting to see this when I see these new, this new crop of quarterbacks that come in them, homes, even like the guys that were there before Carr, like Russell Wilson, um, people like that, they, they're good enough to make people around them better. And the problem with Carr is there are way too many things that have to be good to perfect for him to play above average football. Above average, I mean over 500. We've only been there once with him. So, you, it's tough for me to say, like, look, you're the highest paid. He's not, I don't know if he's the highest paid guy anymore on the team, but at the time, he was the highest paid guy on the team, but he needed so much more for that money to ever be worth it. Right. We needed high, you know, we would have to crush every draft pick. We would have to have you know four deep at wide receiver, four Hall of Famers at wide receiver. I'm, it's hyperbole, but you guys know what I'm saying. Perfect O-line, perfect run game. And then even then, they'll be like, oh, the play calling, shut up. He fucking controls shit at the line of scrimmage half the time. He can check out of plays. And let's be real. In the first 15 plays of the game are usually scripted. That's when the Raiders' offense looks the best. I understand Gr- I have my qualms with Gruden getting conservative in second-half football. But the first 15 plays scripted by Gruden seem to be going pretty well. We go we go up like 10 0 in, you know, the first five minutes of the game. We're like, sweet. And then all of a sudden he just takes a shit and starts spiking, you know, third and eleven, spiking it, you know, just stuff like that. Fourth, fourth and two, let me throw this into the stands. There's way too much video evidence of that, too. So I'm just tired of having a quarterback where everything has to be perfect, right? I think you can go 9-7, and 10-6, and and go on the run in the playoffs with Carr, but it is such a small possibility. And you can't have injuries through the year because one guy goes down and then all of a sudden it's like, well, we started, you know, Zay Jones today. Like, how could Carr have ever done anything? It's like, man, sometimes you have to. And, look, I understand. I don't even – Carr's not Aaron Rodgers. Carr's not Tom Brady. Carr's not Peyton Manning. I I don't need him to be that, but, damn, man, we – there's been a quarterback in every single draft better than him since he's been drafted. So this year's it, man. This year is it. Um let's talk about his fans though. His fans cuz I at this point it's like whenever we criticize him they say well then you're not a real fan. It's like I, are you kidding me? I want my team to be good. I'm getting mad at the 38 and 55 quarterback. Like that's making me mad. He's making the most money on the team and they're like well you're not a real fan. It's like I'm not so sure you won't follow him to his next team. Which hey, good riddance, right? So, his fans are so crazy. I have never seen and and maybe I'm I'm not in enough like circles on social media for like their fan bases. So maybe there are guys like this for other teams. I have never seen a such a such a huge support system for a league average quarterback a league average quarterback and i i'm honestly i'm being maybe a little nice with league average because sometimes it's not that so like i don't are, are people taking ryan fitzpatrick i mean we ironically like ryan fitzpatrick because he's funny to watch and it's hero ball and hilarious but like is anyone like don't talk shit about ryan fitzpatrick you don't know like nobody's doing that he ryan fitzpatrick didn't have anything to work with he went to harvard like Nobody's doing that. That's always how I figure. Whenever I read pro car tweets, they sound like kids stomping their feet. I don't want to do it. That's what it sounds like. like, Trevor Williams dropped it. That's what it sounds like to me. But the fans are so weird because, look, I'll tell you this. Say we do get rid of car this year and we hit a home run in the draft. Let's say we get Trevor Lawrence next year. Let's say we hit a home run. It it went bad and we we traded up to number one just like when the Rams got Jared Goff. Right. Say say a team that doesn't need a quarterback, has a pretty good quarterback, has a has a bad year, and drafts uh like a Packers. Say the Packers get the number one overall pick next year. After this draft, I wouldn't be surprised. Holy shit, they fucked up, I I think. So say they get the number one overall pick this year and they don't want Trevor Lawrence. We trade up and get Trevor Lawrence. And our fans, when they start standing like a good quarterback, there's gonna be murders. There's going to be meet me in Temecula moments like the Kobe stuff. Rest in peace Kobe. It's it's going to be that type of stuff. Like I'll fight you right now. We already almost do that with Carr. If we get somebody like Trevor Lawrence, there's going to be like buildings where like Lawrence stands in Raider, you know, Raiders Lawrence stands can just have like a big building to go in and they all just post from like their own computers all day like and just try to try to praise him on the internet all day and argue anyone that doubts him. You're going to walk in, you're going to be like, "What's this?" and it's some guy in like a linen sh- a white linen sheet shirt and and some sandals. "Welcome, brother. Would you like something to drink?" That's going to be how our fan base is cuz we're already almost there with a league average quarterback. It's the it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So, while I'm not excited about Carr, um I don't think anybody should be. It's it's so weird. It's so weird. Maybe they're maybe they have a church and they want him to like come speak to their kids and they're just kissing his ass or something cuz Like if they're like a youth pastor or something, you know what I mean? Like affliction with the, you know, (laughs) affliction shirt, uh, uh, you know, uh, lifted truck, uh, camouflage hat, Copenhagen, maybe some skull in, in their lip. That's a car fan to me. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't know why people are so excited about having them. Again, I, uh, I do see people going crazy, like, I do see people going crazy against him, and, and I get it because, again, it's fun to troll the dumb stands. It's super fun. But after a while, it's like, ugh, God, get away from me. But I don't think most people think he's the worst quarterback in the league. I don't To, to the people that love Carr, nobody thinks he's the worst quarterback in the league. We're just tired of mediocrity, okay? The Bills do the same thing with Josh Allen. Their fans are nuts. I I go on PFF and stuff, and I see their fans going insane, and it reminds me of us. Like whenever our guys get like a bad grade, and and you know, they're, fuck this guy, fuck Tim Kawakami, fuck, which, you know, stuff like that. Josh Allen is like that too, because the Bills haven't had a good quarterback since Jim Kelly. So, they they're like, we can't lose Josh Allen, because then we might go another twenty years without one, and. To me, that's like, I mean, not to get dark here, but that's like people who stay with like an abusive partner because they were scared to be homeless. You know what I mean? Like, look, I, I i guess I get the logic, right? I get the logic of you'd rather be mediocre than terrible, but uh, I don't, it's not going to end well. If you keep, if show me in 2020, a, a quarterback that's going to be guaranteed eight years of sub 500 football with a team. I can't guarantee that for any quarterback. That used to be a thing back in the day. Teams, there weren't enough good college quarterbacks, a lot of run-heavy run offense. But now, quarterbacks don't get this kind of leash. And, and look, Gruden, you can blame it on Gruden. We have Gruden. We're, we're fucked with Gruden. I mean, I'm not saying we're fucked by being coached by Gruden yet, but we're, we're locked into Gruden for at least another seven years, reali- or six years realistically, I would say. maybe Maybe five years if Mark Davis wants to take a bath on that contract maybe maybe the Vegas money situation is going really well but I don't know I don't know so I'd rather at least eventually let Gruden try to get his guy whether it's a veteran or or because car's not it they're trying I know they wanted Kyler Murray last year I I I believe that and they thought about Dwayne Haskins but yeah I'll pass too. but uh nonetheless uh, that's gonna do it for me today um it was a good draft uh I don't want people to get too soured on my rant on Carr, but, uh, you know, he's average to me, and I want I want to be better. I don't want to waste this roster. I don't want to waste these this speed, these, these talent, this talent that we just acquired. Um, I saw a Vikings fan. A Vikings fan. It was, oh, it was Betts, one of the best followers on Twitter. Love that guy, um, at All22. He said, like, he posted a thing of Kerm- a guy in a Kermit the Frog costume, just, like, slumped shoulders, looking sad. And he said, like... The Vikings crushed the draft, but then I remembered we have Kirk Cousins. And like I, I kind of felt that a bit today. Now, I don't think Carr's going to get wide receivers killed. That's stupid. Anyone who's saying that is dumb. This this speed should help him more than anything. Ruggs doesn't run a lot of deep routes, so what? Hey, Get him the ball on a three-yard slant. See what he can do with it. That's the reason he has that speed, right? So it's time to put up or shut up. It's time to win this year. I expect them to win this year. I know the coronavirus thing. Maybe that's going to be another car excuse is the coronavirus. Don't be surprised if the stands use the coronavirus as an excuse. I'm just saying. They've used a lot crazier excuses than that. But uh, overall, I thought we got better. I thought we got better this weekend. Um, It was worth the wait. Now we don't get sports anymore. The NFL did just the tip with us. We don't get the rest of it till whenever, right? uh, yeah. So everybody stay safe. Um, at Glenn Rockney on Twitter. Um, I'm going to definitely, uh, take a few day break from doing some Raider podcasts. I don't, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of news, uh, unless we get like Yannick or something, then I'm back, but probably take a couple days off here after doing three straight. And, uh, I do have another podcast that I do. Um, it's, uh, a leftist politics podcast, uh, leftist, not liberal, uh, look up the difference before you listen, (laughs) if you don't want to get pissed off. But, uh, it's leftist politics theme, but I just talk shit on there with my with my boy CryptoSci at Crypto PSI. So um, subscribe to Rare Candy on iTunes. And uh, that's where this podcast is posted. However, I am creating my own Rock Vegas Raiders theme. It's being approved right now by iTunes, hopefully. Then I will have our own stream for our, the fucking people that don't like leftist politics. Because uh, football is definitely, football is kind of a breeding ground for a bunch of different political theories and you might not want to hear my politics i understand i'd still rather have you listen to this this broadcast or whatever the hell this is called podcast broadcast what am I a hundred but um yeah subscribe to rare candy on itunes it's, you'll see the rc old school rc cola logo that we've turned into rare candy and then i'm at glenn rockney on twitter if this is your first time listening thank you uh to all the people like uh at oakland 627 eric uh thanks for all the promotion and uh, and zach out there too Thanks for helping me uh, get this off the ground, guys. Uh, It was a good draft and definitely a lot of fun talking about it. Stay safe, guys.